your voice on this morning. Lord, I want to live for thee. Oh, Lord, I want to live for thee.
For the joy of the Lord is our very strength. Amen. 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 It 
It's good to be in the house of God again. I want to thank God again for allowing me the opportunity. Thank God for our pastor, the Reverend Dr. Richard B. Haynes, in his absence. Thank God for Sister Bev. Thank God for the entire Salem Missionary Baptist Church family. We are glad and it is good to be in the house of the Lord one more time so that we don't keep you long. Amen. We would ask if you turn to just one verse of scripture. We ask that you, when you get home, you can read the whole thing, the whole prophetic word in your Bible study and personal time with the Lord. But just one verse, Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. The prophetic word of God, Micah chapter 6 and verse 8. And I'll be reading in your hearing this morning from the English Standard Version, Micah 6 and 8. And the word of God reads thusly, he has told you, O man, what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? But to do justice and to love kindness. And to walk humbly before your God. He has told your man what is good, what the Lord requires of you, but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. If you give us a few moments this morning, I'd like to label our lesson and tag title to our text this morning, Justice Required. Justice required. As we went to bed one November evening, there was a tinge and an inkling of anticipation in our hearts. Seemingly not too long after we went to bed, the alarm clock sounded at 3 a.m. in the morning. My wife and I got up and we showered, left everybody else at home on this morning, and this morning was a really crisp and cold morning. And got in the car and rode just a few miles from home down to a local toy and electronic store. This November morning was Black Friday. And as we sat in a line waiting for the store to open up at 4 a.m., my wife, before the doors were opened up, like a quarterback, huddled me with her. And she said, when you get in, you go to the right down that aisle and get in a line that's going to be over there. And she said, I'm going to get a cart and I'll go to the left and you just get in line and all you do is get in line and make sure you get what they are selling in that line. And I'll be with you as soon as I can get to you. And I followed the directions of the quarterback that day and I got in line, y'all, and I actually was able to get 
what we were looking for. I got what we were looking for, but I did something wrong. Once I got what we were looking for, my instructions had ran out, and I got in the store, and there were women bumping and thronging all over me with carts. And that was the one day in my life I said, today I might say something to a lady if one more bumped me with a cart. Not long, three, four hours later, as we were eating our breakfast and relief finally was coming to me, uh, we then had a day where we were able to enjoy together. But then not too long later, Christmas Day showed up, y'all. Christmas Day showed up, and the very thing that we got, the very thing that we had, people of God, the very thing that we had gotten for our children that was to bring them excitement, to bring them joy, to bring them an, an encouragement on Christmas Day. We op They opened it up, y'all, and what we found out, we did all that work and got up early in the morning and found out that there was something required that we didn't have. And it said on the side there were batteries required. And I'm trying to help somebody this morning that you can do all the things in life. You can do all what you need. You can get up early in the morning, but if you're missing what's required, all the fellowship that was going to bring to you, all the joy it was going to bring, and the very power it was going to bring to you can be lost because you don't have what is required. Is there anybody here that knows God will give you some strength, but you got to do what is required? got to do what is required and in this text in this particular text uh, in this text we encounter the prophet Micah and Micah was a prophet during the time when Israel was losing its way the rich were getting richer the poor were getting poorer those who were healthy were getting healthier and the sick were getting sicker and what was the problem was Israel whom God had already given over to make sure in his law that you take care of those who need your help they were not taking care of those who needed their help Israel had lost its way and reason Israel had lost his way a long time ago before they were in this predicament they looked at God and say, God, we don't need you to lead us no more. We need our own king. We want our own leadership. And God said, you can get what you're looking for. And God gave them a sniveling king named Saul. But then the kingdom got better. They gave him David and then David's son, Solomon. But it wasn't too long after that, people of God, that he lost all that the kingdom split in two. And this is the time of Micah's prophetic word. You got two kingdoms. One is about to fall into the hands of one king and then Judah the faithful people of God they're even slipping too. They're about to fall into a hand of another king. This is a time of, 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 of requirement where God says he actually comes against his own people. God comes against his own people. He says that I, God actually takes his covenant and he becomes both a covenant prosecutor and a judge. And I'm trying to help somebody out this morning. If we don't learn to do what is right in the world, I'm not talking about the world, y'all. I'm talking about the people of God. If we don't learn to do what was right in the world, God can turn against us and judge us, the people of God. And that's the time that you see God becomes a, pro, a, covenant, a covenant prosecutor. And he says to Israel, he says, Israel, I want to let you know that 
I'm coming to you as a prosecutor and I'm bringing a jury with me. I'm going to bring creation. The hills and the mountains are going to bring my jury and we're going to bring this prophecy against you. He said that, don't you remember Israel, how I brought you out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of slavery. Don't you remember Egypt, before you crossed over the Jordan River, I delivered you from Balaam and from his uh, evil prophet Balak. Do you not remember? And I believe that sometimes we can miss what required because we'll forget what God has done for us back in our past. Is there anybody here that knows if you forget what God did for you in your past? He said, don't you remember how I gave you Moses? Don't you remember how I gave you Aaron? Don't you remember how I gave you Miriam? I gave the man of God to speak to you for you. I gave the priest of God to go before me for you. I gave the worship leader, but you forgot all that Israel, don't you remember? Too many times in our lives we forget where God has brought us from. Especially in 2021 where the world is ravaged by this virus. But don't forget just a few days ago, God had us in a form of prosperity. And even now, if you ain't sick, you ought to give him praise because he has kept you. But even some of us have gotten sick. And we recover. We know that God is not only a healer, but he is a sustainer. That some of us lost our job, but we ain't missed meals. We ought to give God praise for what he did back in the day. Sometimes I believe that Israel had forgotten what God done for him. And God had to revisit what he had done for them. But then he says, you got a problem because man had come to him and said, God, we can actually appease you. We can make you feel better, Lord. And it's because we can bring stuff to you. We can bring you year-old lambs, and we can bring you a thousand rams, and we can bring you myriads of oil or rivers of oil to bring before you. But somebody come here. Sometimes it ain't about the size of your sacrifice. It is about the sentiment of your service. And, and God, and come on, God says that it ain't how much you bring to me. It's how much you care about your fellow man that appeases me. That they, they were to care about their fellow man. And he says, uh, he brings it down from Israel and he brings the whole world. He says, oh man, you know what is good and you know what the Lord requires of you that, 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 that we ought to need to know that it's a simple thing in this world that will appease God too many of us are trying to amass things too many of us are trying to do things that we think are going to make God happy but it's real simple God told us a long time ago that if you love me with all your heart that if you love me with all your mind, that if you love me with all your soul and your strength, and then you love your neighbor as yourself, that will appease me. Is there anybody here that knows all you got to do is love him by loving the folk who need you the most? He says, Israel, you are required to do justice. And I know justice is now a buzzword. 
It's a buzzword in the world, and it should be because wrongs for years, particularly in this country, are being righted. But I, I, I'm, I'm a little afraid, y'all, because too many times the wrongs that are being righted don't have God in the middle of them. That people are seeking justice without God in the middle of it. And I'm telling you, that ain't justice, that's just reparation. Anybody here that knows that God says to do justice? Well, how can we do justice? I can hear the veritone and, and basely voice of Isaac Davis right now from Spike Lee's joint. He just brought those fellas together and he said, always do the right thing. And it's as simple as that, people of God, that we need to learn how to always do the right thing. How do we do the right thing, Lord? Well, we need to learn to lift up God for who he is and not just for what he has done. I thank God for the choir singing just a minute ago because they simply lifted up God for who he is. He is the very king of glory. He is God, a very God. There is no one before him and nobody after him. The way you get justice is lift up God for who he is. But not only do we lift up God for who he is, we need to love our fellow man where they are. That, 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 that justice in God's economy was simple, y'all. Do the right thing, but also do it to folk who need it the most. God had laid out provisions in his law to take care of the orphan, to take care of the widow, to take care of the sick. Is there anybody here that knows that it is our responsibility to be the hands and the heart of God to take care of those who can't take care of themselves? It is not the government's responsibility to do that for us. It is the people of God. And if you notice, he ain't bringing his charge against the government. He bringing his charge against his own people. But then he says to do what's right for orphans and to do what's right for widows and to do what's right for those who are sick. That is a wonderful story of justice. There's a young boy whose father in New York City was a cobbler. And in this cobbler shop, this little boy would shine the shoes of the people who came in to have other shoes worked on. And while his father simply worked on other things, the boy all day would shine shoes. And one day, a, a well-dressed police officer came in. He sat down at the boy's shoe-shining place, and the young boy just went to work, shining the police officer's shoes. And as he finished, the police officer got up. And never acknowledged the little boy, never said thank you. But not only did he do that, he walked out of the store without paying for the service the little boy had gave him, had given him. And when he had given him that, uh, his eyes began to well, y'all. And because the very person he thought was a person who uh, affected justice had walked out of his store in an air of injustice. The father saw his little boy and his heart was full. And so he didn't tell him anything that day. But not too, a few weeks ago, a few weeks went by, the same officer came back in. 
Daddy saw the officer. He stepped up real uh, fast to the front of the store. He said, sir, would you like your shoes shine? The officer said, yes, I come in to get my shoes shine. And then he put his hand up and he says, you can have that done, sir, but you got to pay first. The boy's confidence in justice was restored, not by the officer who was a manner of justice, but by his daddy. Is there anybody know that in this situation, this young man eventually became a New York City police officer? He became a police officer, and in the police office that he went to serve justice, corruption was all over the place. His partner was corrupt. The chief was corrupt. The whole departments were corrupt. And his heart became sad again. And he said, I am going to take this up and get rid of this injustice in the house of justice. Don't it sound familiar? That the very people who should have been enacting what was right. They were more corrupt than the folk they were trying to deal with. And that's what God was doing. This young man's story was immortalized in a book and even more so than that by Al Pacino in the movie called Serpico. Frank Serpico was a New York City officer who even though he got shot in the face by his own folk, still stood in the face of justice. I'm just trying to help somebody out. Even when you got to stand by yourself, God has a way of making your story right if you're willing to do the right thing. He tells them to do justice. And don't miss it. He says, do it. Don't just talk about it, but be about it. But he says also to love kindness. Y'all know we live in a world now where kindness has been thrown out the window with trash. It's hard to find kind folk in this world. But y'all, I ain't really worried about kindness in the world. I want to come into God's house. And what makes me scratch my head sometimes, y'all, is when I come into God's house, the house of God is sometimes devoid of kindness. Is there anybody here that wonders how in the world can folk who've been saved from sin and hell and the grave, who in the world can be mean after all that? It's amazing to me when you can have people of God who are ugly and mean. But, but, uh, but he says here to walk in, to love in kindness. In other words, we are to always have our hearts open to receive those who may not even like us. You know, there, there are some strange philosophies in the world that sometimes they creep in the church, y'all. These strange philosophies sometimes creep in the church where they'll say, people will say stuff like this. You know, God told us to love them, but he didn't say we had to like them. Uh, that ain't what God said in his word. God said to love them with kindness. Is there anybody here that knows what I'm talking about? Even the folk who get on your nerves the most, we are to love them with kindness because kindness will show them who we serve. Y'all, this has confronted me even now. 
If anybody like me, you work with a lot of worldly folk. Sometimes I have to learn how to encourage myself while I'm trying to encourage somebody else. I get on the job and I say, good morning. And people look at me and say, it's just another Monday. I tell them this is the day that the Lord has made. And you ought to rejoice and be glad in it. And I, I, I've been there when I say that how's your day today? And they say the same different day and the same mess. But y'all know they don't say mess. And I say you ought to be grateful that you got a job to come to to pay for yourself and your family. Is there anybody here that knows? But y'all, I was confronted. I was confronted by somebody who even when I tried to be kind, they still were mean to me. Even when I tried to do what was right, they still looked at me like I was crazy. And I told God, God, I know I love you, but I ain't, I ain't no need to speak to that person no more. Because I have tried my best to do what is right. And, 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 and Reverend Atkinson helped me out last week. That when the man was trying to get in the lane, y'all, he was racking at his nerves. And I, I know what you've been through, Reverend. I know what was happening because it just wasn't one day for me. It was day after day after day. But then, just like Reverend Atkinson, the Lord spoke to me. And said, I know you want to be mean, but you got my spirit and you can't be mean. Love her with kindness. That it's hard to love some folk. But the Jesus in me loves the un-Jesus in you. And the spirit that's in me loves the devil that's in you. Is there anybody here that can thank God that I got a spirit that can overcome evil? It says that we ought to do what's right. That we ought to treat people a right way. But then finally, we ought to walk in a way that's worthy of our God. Is there anybody here who knows that every day you got to get into the word of God? And the word of God can help you walk with God in such a way. That there was a man in the Old Testament. His name was Enoch. Enoch is one of my characters where I scratch my head because he walked so close to God where we couldn't see Enoch no more and all we saw was the Lord. Is there anybody here that wants to strive and live a life that's such a pleasing to God that when you walk in the building, they really don't see you. They see the God that is with you. I need some folk in the house and I need some folk out there in the world that knows, walk with me, Lord, while I'm on this tedious journey. Walk with me. The word walk here is a reflective of the word of a totality of your life. It means that your thoughts are like God's. It means that your heart is like God. And don't you know where your head and your heart going to lead you? Your feet going to follow. 
Is there anybody here that knows that you got to learn how to get in his word and his word has to meditate in your mind? And, and then that meditation in your mind will sink down in your heart. And then you can say like the psalmist, like the psalter, let the meditation of my heart be acceptable in thy sight. Oh, Lord, you are my strength and my redeemer. God had now gave them the prosecution. He told them what they needed to do. But y'all know they were still struggling with it because they were living in a time of opulence and decadence. And God always is in trouble if he blesses us too much. He can bring trouble in our lives if he blesses us too much. Don't look at me funny. You've been there. You didn't used to have a nice car. And now you got three, four Mercedes in your garage and you think you all that in a bag. I'm trying to help somebody out. You need to thank God what you used to have got me from A to B and what you have still is getting me from A to B. Prosecution comes against Israel and it's a time, y'all, we think that what can we do? I don't know if anybody like me, the last person whom I want to bring a case against me is God. I, I think I can deal with a lot of folk in the world. Brother Bush, I, I think I can deal with folk on my job. I think I can deal with folk in the grocery store. But the one person I can't box with is God himself because my arms were made by him. Not only are they too short to box by him, if he wants to, he can make them stop working. And we think it's almost like Lord, have mercy. Is there anything we can do? Can we get outside of this indictment? And then the Lord gives us some good news. Don't y'all know that any time that there's bad news in the Bible, God has a way of bringing us some good news. That even when he has brought the indictment against us, that we forgot what he did for us in our past, that we are not walking worthy in his spirit. That then God says, if they can't walk, that if they can't do what's right, that if they can't love with kindness, I'll send them somebody who can. Is there anybody here that knows that even though I could not do it, God sent me somebody who can. And I hear the voice of Jesus use this very text against the Sadducees and the Pharisees. He says, you bring your offering, you bring your herbs, and you bring your ointments, and you bring your oil and your spices. But the God says that you need to love mercy, that you need to do justice, and you need to walk humbly before our God. And it was like Jesus says, Lord, if they can't do it, I'll do it for them. And don't you know a long time ago, through 40 and two generations, our Lord came. And when he got here, Lord, uh, an old man saw Jesus in the crib and said, he is the justice of this world. That my world is going to be made right because of him. 
And the old man went and died. And then Jesus lived in such a way that he was like you and I are. Tempted in every way, but he was without sin. And you ought to thank God, not just for Jesus' death, but thank him for the sinless life. Because if Jesus would have sinned in this life, his death wouldn't have meant a thing. But thank God for his life. He confounded those in the temple. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. Jesus did this. He loved the unlovable. One time a woman came up with him with an issue of blood, sick, and nobody was supposed to touch her. But she said, if I can get to him, I will be made whole. Jesus then took that very sinless life, took that life of loving kindness, and he did the greatest sacrifice in the world. He said that there is no greater love than this, than a man would lay down his life for his friend, you ought to thank God that you got a friend who will lay down his life for you. I thank God that it's so many bones in my closet. Jesus went in the closet and connected every bone, cleaned up the closet, shut the door, and said, I got you. Is there anybody here? Thank you, thank God he cleaned it up and he cleaned it up when he suffered and bled on Calvary's hill. He died a death that I couldn't die. Died until the sun refused to shine. Died until the moon dripped away in blood. Is there anybody here that knows he died? He died, but early Sunday morning, he got up with all power in his hands. In other words, God's justice was given on that day that it was given on that day with Jesus to Christ. When he died, justice now stood up. When he died, loving kindness is made available. When he died, his spirit was able to let us walk with him. Is there anybody knows that you may build cathedrals, great and small, that you may build skyscrapers, grand and tall, that you may conquer all the fears of your past but only only what you do for Christ will last I'm trying to tell somebody remember only what you do for Christ will last only what you do for Christ will last is there anybody here that knows that what you do for him it will be counted in the end only what you do for Christ will last. You ought to give him praise. Walk with him. Talk with him. Be with him for only. Only what you do for Christ. It will last. But I thank God that we live in a time where justice is being served. But I pray even the more that the people of God learn to serve him in justice. That we learn to look out for those who cannot help themselves. I'm just convinced, y'all, that God always knows what he's doing. It's the funniest thing in life that as much as I love God's word, as much as I love theological inquiry, God gave me a partner who can care less about all that 
But then she'll get up sometime and say, we need to do this. We need to do this. And, and I'm just convinced that God prepared her for me. Because God says, you can't talk about what you ain't willing to do. And I'm just trying to help somebody out there who understands that justice has been served with the death of Jesus Christ. That anything that was unjust in your life actually happened on that day. He took it away. If the truth be told, every injustice that's ever happened to you, it pales in comparison to the day he died. Because even Pilate said, I find no fault in this man. And so when Jesus died, the world even quaked. When Jesus died, the sun darkened because an injustice had been done in his life. But he died for you and I. And he died that death so that no longer will injustice prevail in this world. And I'm just trying to help somebody. This is your invitation. Jesus, keep me near the cross. There is a precious fountain and it's free to all. A healing stream. Thank God for the stream that flows from Calvary's mountain. I'm just so grateful that we live in a world that even when injustice ravages who we are, I can stand in the justice seat and the mercy of God. And every day he is my advocate whispering into the ear of God saying that I died for him, that I died for her. And I'm trying to get somebody out there in the world who doesn't know Jesus that he died for you too. If you will, rest on your feet and lift up your voice because there is a place where justice was done. Lift up your voice. Say, Jesus. Oh, Jesus. Amen. That's it. The key. Wherever you are. Bible declares that you shall be saved. 
to love kindness and Lord you require of us to walk in a way that is worthy of who you are Lord my appeal right now is for somebody who doesn't know Jesus in the free pardon of their sin no matter what you've done no matter where you are no matter who you are what you have come from Jesus knows all about your troubles and he'll guide you until the day is done. For there is not a friend like the lowly Jesus. I come to tell you there's nobody, no not one, that he'll save your soul. Not only will he save your soul, he'll make you whole. And then one day he'll come back to receive you as himself. So we pray for you right now wherever you are. Wherever you are, whether you are in the sanctuary, whether you're in the sanctuary of your home, your car. We pray for you to accept him. Accept that he came. Accept that he was virgin born. Accept that he lived a sinner's life. Accept that he died a sinner's death. Accept that he rose on early Sunday morning. And accept that he 
died, but he ain't dead. Jesus loves you. And he is your justice. He is your kindness. And he is your peace. It is in the mighty and master's name of Jesus that we pray. And that's every single blessing. And the people of God said, Amen. Amen. Mm -hmm. Shall find oh rest beyond the river. Amen. Amen. Let the church say amen. Let the church say amen. Amen. We're running a little over, so I want to be quick now. Thank, thank God for our praise team. Thank God for Reverend Brother Bush. Thank God for our staff in the video audio room. Thank God for you out there, those who have tuned in on this morning. We thank God for you and all that you are and all you've done. Thank God again for our pastor, First Lady, in their absence. Just a few notes on this morning that today is the day or tomorrow we'll start a new quarter for our word for you today, if you will. As our pastor says, don't just buy one for yourself. I would say buy two or three for your neighbor. Show some justice in your neighborhood and give them what's right. The word for today for our quarter of March, April, and May is now made available to you. Some more good news that anyone who is over the age of 65 and would like to get scheduled for vaccines, please call our church office. I don't know if they can put the church office number up. The church office number is 770-923-3936. Amen. Somebody ought to say amen that, that we are able to do that. And that is on the days of Tuesday through Friday that our offices are open. And if we will continue to pray and continue to show a heart for those in our family who are bereaved. Brother James Thornton went home to be with the Lord and so pray for Sister Tara Thornton. Amen. Another, that death, death is a thing that robs us. But because we know Jesus, death does not separate us from the love of God which is in Christ. And death may be a, a, a comma on our lives, but it ain't the end. And so if you love Jesus, death will one day renounce you with your loved ones. But we continue to pray for those who are bereaved in our family. Again, I want to thank God for all of you. If you will, just rest on your feet. God be with us until we meet again. God be with us. If you can, love on your neighbor out there if you can. May God, may he be with you.
who is able. Able to keep us from stumbling. And able to present us blameless before his glory with exceeding and great joy. To the only wise God, may there be glory. May there be majesty. May there be dominion and may there be authority. And may it be both now, henceforth, and forevermore. And the people of God sing. Amen. There are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia 30048 or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.